You're listening to the official podcast of the nation. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock and Lubbock. Texas Tech can start packing for Omaha. Got the big man. Country pulls free. And touchdown. Red Raiders with a second to go. In a way. Yo, what's good, Red Raider Nation? This is the nation's official podcast. I am your host, TJ Kern, alongside, as always, Blake Hartsfield. And Blake, today is a special episode, and it's a special episode for multiple reasons. Unfortunately, one is not very good news. And then, of course, we have a special guest on the show, which is always going to be fun. We'll get to that here in a second. But first, Blake, uh, Coach Leach, Mike Leach, is in the hospital. And his outlook, it, while we're not going to speculate, I've seen different reports. It uh, doesn't look good. We'll call it critical condition for now. Uh, just give me a couple of minutes on what, you, uh, what you're going through right now, what you're thinking, and uh, yeah, just talk TJ. a little bit about Mike Leach. Yeah, man, this is uh, this one hurts a little bit. Um, terrible news with the you know announcement that he uh, had the heart attack yesterday. Is in the hospital in critical condition. Uh, TJ, as a kid, I grew up in the Mike Leach era. Um, it, it was the first, and in my opinion, the most sustained success that this program's ever had for a decade. Um, the man totally changed college football when he showed up on the scene he was the first to kind of go to a spread and and now you look around the country and anybody who's not running a spread is is 20 years behind the rest of the rest of the game and um, not very many guys can say that they they changed the way a sport was played and, and Mike Leach did that and um, he's got a a, a a special place in a lot of Red Raiders hearts and this is just a sad day and, and I feel awful for him and his family um, and prayers for them yeah um, this one hurts. Um, my four years in Lubbock obviously was towards the end of the Mike Leach era, but it had that special 2008 mixed in. Yeah. And that year was just absolutely incredible. I was a student at Tech. I knew nothing about going to Tech, the traditions, none of that. I, I knew I had some friends up there and that they were good at football. And that they had this this crazy guy called himself a pirate. And yeah, he's a treasure. Funny, a yeah. lot of good quotes in the media as well. So um, oh, he'll, he'll the, be... the the one about the fat girlfriends and the lipstick on a pig. Oh yeah, and, he's he's great. I mean, yeah, just just so many so many quotes and in that 2008 season with Michael Crabtree and Graham Harrell and beating Texas and. Uh, starting out as a grunt in radio, making $6 an hour, working the post-game show that night. Just so many memories. And then, of course, I was there when he was let go. And what an uproar in Red Raider land that was. But but today is a day for, for celebrating Coach Leach. Um, I don't care what you thought about the man, you know, after he got let go. He was Texas Tech football, and frankly, we still haven't recovered. He, even he gave after, us an identity, TJ. Getting rid of him yeah. was the, the biggest mistake that 
um, that we've made in, in the last 20 years in football and, and probably in our athletic department. And hopefully we've gotten that ship righted with, with Joe McGuire. And we're about to get into that here with Ted, but um, I'll let you uh, introduce our guest here. Yeah. So presented by the nation, we are the nation's official podcast. Once again, I'm TJ Kern. And then the other voice you hear is Blake Hartsfield. And today we have the pleasure of bringing on one of my good buddies and friends, uh, geez, how many jobs does this guy have? Let's cut, let's see ESPN, Westwood One, a little bit of Bally's mixed in with some high school state championships this weekend. Ted, I mean, did, did I did I miss any? I mean, welcome, first off, welcome back to the show, my guy. TJ, you covered it, man. It's uh, always a pleasure to visit with you and Blake. We had a lot of fun uh, last basketball season and uh, great to be with you uh, here. Man, thanks for coming on once again. And first off, I guess, you know, we're, we're around the same age here. You were in college when I was. Uh, any, any thoughts on the critical condition of Mike Leach first? Yeah, man, it, it's, it, it tears you up. Um, this is one of the great figures in college football, period. Great character, great coach. Uh, I was struck by a tweet that B.J. Simmons put out today. Uh, one of the early quarterbacks to put up the video game numbers in Mike Leach's Texas Tech offense. And he said, from the high school game to the NFL, every football game you watch today has Mike Leach's fingerprints on it. And that's true. It really, the way the game has evolved. And, you know, listen, Mike Leach certainly continued uh, the legacy from what he was brought up in. You think of Hal Mummy and, and going back uh, even before that and the concept of the spread, but well beyond even X's and O's, Blake touched on it. Uh, all the great moments, whether in a press conference, uh, and listen, sometimes it could get awkward, of course, but uh, you would walk away laughing most of the time. I, you know, remember the, uh, I saw this clip today, the weather report that he did in Lubbock, you know, Mike Leach, the meteorologist. And uh, I, I'm with you guys. I just hope that uh, he can pull through this. I mean, again, who knows at this point? We don't have, as, as we sit here recording this, uh, we don't have all the concrete information but prayers up, man. Um, we, we certainly hope the best uh, for Mike Leach uh, and his family. Yeah, Ted, yeah. Uh, I think we we definitely echo those sentiments. And um, you touched on the weather one. My personal favorites the uh, is when he was at Washington State. He got asked the question about the uh, the mascot war in, in the Pac-12, and the first thing yes. he goes to is what uh, what mythical powers does a Sun Devil have? And he he comes <laughs> up with that stuff off the off the cuff and. Uh, the guy's just a national treasure and and like you said, an icon within college football. And um, me and TJ have talked about it extensively with with Joey McGuire coming in this year of um, this is the first time we've had some excitement in, that, in this program since we made the mistake of getting rid of Mike Leach. And um, TJ tells me that you go way back with with Joey McGuire and, and I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts on him and uh, just the impact that he's already made on the tech program and, and where you think he can get this program uh, in the future. 
And Joey McGuire is one of my favorite people in football in the state of Texas. And uh, he was an icon in Texas high school football for so many years at Cedar Hill. Uh, you know, tech fans are, I, I would think, are pretty familiar with what he did there and winning multiple state championships. I remember the 2006 team with William Cole at quarterback. And I got to know him when I was doing high school football games in DFW uh, for, for Coppell High School. And they played Cedar Hill uh, a couple of times in non-district play. And Joey is just one of the best coaches who actually cares somewhat about what you're doing. Again, I am doing the radio broadcast for his opponent and I reach out to him and, and I ask him for a few minutes of his time. Uh, I always try to would try to do that. This is, you know, before I was hired by ESPN and I'm just trying to get the opposing coach on the phone, not for, you know, an interview that's recorded and played for pregame, but I, I want to get to know their team a little bit, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes, something like that, get notes about their key guys. And every time Joey would talk with me for an hour Again, he could, he had a lot better things to do, uh, but he respected that I was, you know, trying to get to know more about his team, his program, and just always generous and gracious. Uh, he was also one of my dad's favorites. Uh, my dad, Roger Emmerich, worked at KRLD in the Texas State Network, and Joey told me this the other night when we interviewed him at halftime of the, the ESPN uh, game against Georgetown, the basketball game. Joey said he was 34 years old and it was one of his first playoff games uh, with Cedar Hill and it was at Texas Stadium. And my dad was uh, covering the game. And he said this was kind of his like welcome to the big time moment where my dad was interviewing him in the tunnel at Texas stadium, you know, coach in his mid thirties, you know, who knows what's ahead of him and look at him now, right. Leading Texas tech and uh, going to a bowl game in his first year as a, you know, coll collegiate head coach. Uh, and that, that was just so cool to hear because um, I, I do feel like, you know, it's not just me, but my, my family, like, we uh we love the guy and we go way back and i i am just so thrilled to see that he is enjoying this kind of success this early at tech i i'm not surprised because i know who he is and what he's about uh the culture that he can build the energy that he brings but it's still so cool to see from afar yeah ted and for those that didn't get to see the basketball game we're going to get into that here in a minute but specifically that that interview with joey talk about how how kind of cool and surreal that was to get to do that and then the kind of uh, just a few takeaways from that interview uh, wrapping up his first season here and what you think uh we're gonna do going forward here in the new big 12. yeah he uh it just when we sat down, you know, we, it was the first segment of halftime uh, and just shook his hand and he was like, my guy, my guy. And, I, you know, he's uh, he's incredible. Um, you know, he is exactly what you see, you know, from 
the moment he was hired at tech and he's leading the Raider power chant. And I'm sure that those who are not Texas tech fans and might've seen that clip on social media, you know, early, uh, you know, after he got hired is like, who is this guy? Like, is he trying too hard? Is, you know, is he genuine here? Yes, he is. That's exactly who Joey McGuire is. It's boundless energy. And he he was made for this. He was absolutely made to be a head coach in a Power Five conference and even better in the state of Texas. It's it's just awesome to see. So it was great to catch up after everything they have accomplished so far. And listen, they they still have so uh, far to go. And he would tell you that. But winning seven games, beating Texas and Oklahoma in the same season for the first time ever, all of the thrillers along the way. And now you have the stadium renovation and the addition coming uh, in Lubbock, uh, it's an exciting time. And, uh, oh, by the way, to do all of this with three quarterbacks this season, like who, who could do that? That just, that that's not supposed to happen. Um, so just, just thrilled for him, uh, and the program. Uh, it's, uh, it's really fun to watch. Absolutely. And, you know, back to the reason you were interviewing Joey in the first place was you were in town back in Lubbock doing what you do play by play for ESPN plus there uh, for the Texas tech basketball team as they played Georgetown. So for our audience here, what uh, were your initial thoughts there? That was kind of a, a, a uh, nail biter that shouldn't have been a nail biter. And then they ended up blowing them out. It was kind of a little bit of back game. and forth. Yeah. So uh, what, what, what were your thoughts about this year's uh, basketball team up close? Yeah, I mean, it was interesting, right? A week after their run in Maui when they lost to Creighton and Ohio State. And, uh, you know, you go one and two out there and you're not, you know, listen, it, it's the Maui Invitational. You're going to face good teams. But still, considering where the Texas Tech program is now, it's like, hey, you know, what is this? Going one and two out there. All of that said, just remember, Hey, you're replacing eight of your top nine scores from the year before. You only have three guys back from last year. They understand where they are right now. And that doesn't excuse any losses. I mean, listen, they almost dropped one to Nichols uh, after that game. That would have been a disaster. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> that just can't happen. And it didn't. No. To their credit, it didn't. Pop Isaacs goes off. Uh, you know, they, they were shorthanded, you know, no Jalen Tyson that night. Uh, but you're, you're going to have these bumps along the way with this team and not, not just because you have a, a bunch of newcomers, a lot of them are freshmen like Isaacs in the starting lineup and Lamar Washington coming off the bench. And oh, by the way, Fardaw's AMAC isn't available, uh, just yet, um, you know, when when we visited with Mark Adams uh, the day of the Georgetown game, that he wouldn't put a firm timeline on it, just the the hope that he would be ready the start of conference play. Um, you know, it, it sounds like it might not be the conference opener uh, against TCU. If I were to read between the lines, uh, they, they certainly hope it's not too much longer after that, because listen, that, that's 
it's one of your key pieces. Uh, all of that said, uh, I like this group uh, as it is. I, I like the uh, consistency I've seen from the most part from Kevin O'Banner as a scorer, uh, it, which is something you didn't see uh, last year in his first year with the team. I think Isaacs, Pop Isaacs is mature beyond his years. I got a chance to see him quite a bit uh, on the high school circuit on ESPN. He was a teammate of Jaden Hardy, uh, now a Dallas Maverick uh, for a time, Coronado High School in Las Vegas. Uh, you know, I am not surprised one bit that he can step in and start as a freshman at Texas Tech, an ESPN 100 recruit, and he will only continue uh, to get better. I love Jalen Tyson's potential. And listen, that's that's a word that you're going to use quite a bit with him at the moment. And I love the addition of Davion Harmon uh, as a veteran. And, you know, Mark Adams, just glowing praise when we talked with him. Not, not about numbers or even what he does on the court, just his positive attitude, just his leadership, uh, he told us he, you know, listen, we thought we were getting a good player. He's so much better than we thought. And it's the intangibles are the reason why Harmon has a home back in his home state. He missed home the one year at Oregon. Now back in the big 12 started his career at Oklahoma. Uh, it's a really good fit for both sides, Harmon and for Texas tech. So it, I do think it's going to take some time. Like, listen, the, the run out to start Big 12 play, TCU, uh, you know, his only loss was when they didn't have Mike Miles in the lineup because of injury. You got the Big 12 preseason player of the year there. You're starting with TCU, and then you get Kansas at home. Um, you know, that's, that's a tough two-game uh, stretch right there uh, to start. And so you're going to find out what you have. Uh, and and move forward. That's that's how it's going to be with this team. It, it it might not be the cleanest record in the end, as we know with the gauntlet that is the Big Twelve schedule. But as they improve, can they peak uh, by the end of February and going into March? This team certainly has the chance to do that. Yeah, I think that that's what we're all hoping for, Ted. Is that um, we expect the lumps early in conference, and uh, hopefully they can kind of grow as, and, and look, Jalen Tyson's basically a freshman, right? He didn't play at all last year. So you, you've got a lot of youth and a lot of new pieces. Um, you got to get your center back. So we're hoping that they can kind of round into form in the back half of conference play and uh, find a way to make the tournament. And then, and then maybe if, if everything's gelling, win a couple of games, I think would be a great year. Um, one thing that, that we wanted to ask you about, and we, when we had you on the last time, it was after the Chris Beard game and the environment with that. And um one of the things that I think can help this team is, is the environment in Lubbock. How was it for, for the game against Georgetown? Obviously it's not going to be the same level um, as you were going to get for the Chris Beard spectacle. Right. But um, did it still have a, a great environment? Did it feel like a big home court advantage? Talk a little bit about being inside the building. That it's, it's amazing what it's become uh, that now I, I said it on the air, like it is legitimately one of, if not the best, home court advantages in college basketball that it, it, the fact that the crowd shows up now for every single home game doesn't matter who it is you know i did the game with brendan manzer the georgetown game and uh we were walking up uh to uh the the little press center and grab water and and some notes before the game and just as we were walking up the doors opened and the students are running in 
to claim their spot there in the student section. And, I, you know, ha having done a few games in Lubbock now over the last few years, I love seeing that. Just the passion on display. People care about Texas Tech basketball. The student body cares about Texas Tech basketball, and they can't miss a game. It doesn't matter who they play. Um, that's just, it, it's so funny. I mean, you know, th that place was rocking, right, when they had the big lead against Georgetown before it almost evaporated entirely. Uh, but, you know, they're swaying up there. And I mean, the, the place was moving. It was quaking. It just, I, I love that. I love that feeling. That is not how it is everywhere in the Big 12. We know that. Uh, Texas Tech basketball, you know, United Supermarkets Arena is a special place in the game. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, coming from when I was a student with, with Pat Knight and you could just show up at tip off, you know, our, our other good buddy Landry Locker and I would go to games and we would show up right at tip off and we could sit first, second row. I mean, th there was no atmosphere. So, uh, although it was kind of cool getting to see guys like Kevin Durant, and Michael Beasley, and oh, those yeah. guys come through Lubbock. But I mean, other than that, I mean, the tech students, didn't care at all. So to see the transformation has just been incredible. But back to the team a little bit. One of the guys I wanted to touch on since you got to watch this group last year um, that had a special, I think you'll agree with me, I mean, just had a special chemistry about them. Um, and then you're talking about a, a bunch of young guys this year. One of those returning pieces is Daniel Bacho and his improvement from last year to this year and just being there up close. Uh, what, what's it like seeing this big seven footer and his game improve from last year to this year? He looks like a totally different player. He looks like an NBA player now. And, you know, I remember one game that I was watching last year that Fran Fraschilla was calling and he said, you know, there, there is something there. I, I can see the potential in Daniel Bacho. And there were flashes. Uh, I, I remember the game against Tennessee at Madison square garden in which he was brilliant. And Mark Adams compared him to Tariq Owens from the final four team. And I'm thinking, okay, yeah, he can, he can be a defensive stalwart. He can be a presence inside, but one year later to be the offensive threat that he is, he's a monster now and a versatile one at that can step out and hit shots. Um, I mean, he's one of the most improved players in the nation. It's that simple. And, uh, you know, considering what they lost, you, you have to have somebody who can take that kind of leap. And Daniel Bacho has done that. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a lot of fun to watch, obviously, this season. And we're looking forward to him hopefully being an anchor once Big 12 play starts. Um, but one of the other guys I wanted to bring up, uh, from a leadership standpoint is another returning guy, Kevin O'Banner. And what kind of impact do you think he can have on this team getting into conference play? Yeah. Yeah. Being the sixth year senior, I, I just, I love O'Banner's story, you know, that, that he was cut from his middle school teams uh, in Houston 
And, you know, he hadn't really played any basketball up to that point. It's not like he played when he was in grade school. Um, just from a, a human interest standpoint and overcoming adversity as a kid, think about it. Kevin O'Banner had a speech impediment. He didn't really talk until he was six years old. He says that he was in special education classes, didn't really play sports, gets to middle school, you know, gets cut from those teams. And, he, you know, by the way, he's like 5'8 at the time. And then he has a growth spurt when he was a sophomore at Aleph Hastings High School. And he becomes 6'4 and, you know, all of a sudden becomes a college basketball player. It's just, how can you not root for a guy like that who overcame so much when he was little? Um, and yes, from a leadership standpoint, he, he absolutely should uh, bring something to the table. And I think he will. I'd, like I said earlier, just to see the consistency as a score, double figures every single night, uh, you know, you, you'd be foolish to expect the numbers that he put up at Oral Roberts before he joined Tech, the team that went to the Sweet 16 when he was paired with Max Asmus. And, you know, he's putting up double doubles every single night. Listen, it, it's the Big 12. You're not at Oral Roberts anymore. Uh, last year was an adjustment for him. I think he would tell you that. And this year, again, Big 12 play hasn't started yet, but I already see a Kevin O'Banner who is much more suited to Big 12 competition. Uh, and he's a tough cover, right? Another guy who can step out guy who can crash the offensive glass he, he's a critical piece for them so uh yeah if you're going to have uh, one of the few guys uh coming back you know it's good that it's someone like kevin o'banner who's such a versatile threat yeah and just talk about as somebody that does cover the the high school circuit quite a bit you know you know, the the top recruits right who they are um, like you mentioned, Pop Isaacs, and uh, we've got Jalen Tyson, who is another pretty highly rated recruit. Um, this is this is a very young team. This is a much different team from last year. Do you do you have a timeline, or is there any kind of estimate in in your eyes as to how long it could take this young team to come together? Yeah, I I, I think it could. You know, it, it, when you add. Fardaz Amak, whenever he's ready to go, listen, it's going to take time for him to ramp up. And, you know, what does the rotation look like at that point when he is up to speed? Um, not to mention, like you said, all the freshmen, uh, Jalen Tyson, basically a freshman himself. Uh, it's still the Big 12. You know, you, you, listen, you could, you could go close to 500 uh, and still be a very, very good team. And I, I could see that play out. Listen, they could, you know, shock all of us. You, you start 2-0 and against TCU in, in Kansas, and you're having a different conversation. You, you know, you do get Kansas at home there uh, in the early part of conference play. But I, I could see a scenario where, okay, you know, the, the, it, it's a bit of a rocky road in January in the Big 12. But is there a moment where you can turn that corner and AMAC is healthy and to pair with Bacho and Isaacs is coming on and Tyson starts to look like a star on the perimeter uh, by mid-February, late February, and then you head to the Big 12 championship. Okay, maybe this is a team that can really make noise again 
in March. Um, that's, I, I, I'm not going to bet against a Mark Adams coach team, uh, but I will say that this one could take some time, uh, especially with the competition they're going to face in the Big 12. Yeah, definitely. The Big 12 is a gauntlet. Every night you got to bring your A game. Even the uh, as Tech saw that that veteran team last year, they they lost to Kansas State, right? You know, I mean, just yep. they lost to Oklahoma. I mean, just games that you think that you should just go out there and, and win. They uh, in the Big 12, it's it's never easy. So, yeah. uh, well, Ted, uh, did you get to talk to Mark Adams at all uh, in preparation for that game and? What just kind of your your overall thoughts for, for those that didn't get to hear your interview with us last year, just your overall thoughts on Mark Adams and his kind of journey to tech and, and where you think this program's headed? Yeah, I mean, he's <laughs> yeah in a league that is full of coach of the year candidates every single year. It's just like it's full of championship contending teams every single year that's mark adams is right there at the top uh he proved that last year uh, getting his shot as the head coach um you know he helped instill this culture uh, that has been built to this point uh and it's only going to continue to grow he's a fighter man uh, that's 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 who he is right the boxing background it's an 18 round fight in the big 12. I love that. And, and the team loves him. You can tell, you can tell being around shoot around uh, what they think of him, the respect uh, that he has. Um, you know, I, I always enjoy talking with him as well. You know, mentioned loving talking to Joey McGuire, you know, he's honest with you always uh, about his team. Some things, you know, you can't quite share that night on the air. Sometimes you can, uh, but he's going to shoot you straight. Um, and, and I have a lot of respect for him. Again, the, the hard scrabble path that he has taken, you know, from NAIA to junior college to getting out of coaching. We all know the background, right? And the, owning the hockey team. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it, you know, just got to imagine the joy that has to be inside him you know, to have this opportunity in his mid-60s, you know, at a program like Texas Tech. He earned it. He absolutely earned it. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's always great to head out to Lubbock and visit with him before a game. Yeah, that being said, uh, I know uh, the football schedule for you is usually laid out a couple of weeks ahead of time. At this point in time, are you scheduled to head back to Lubbock anytime soon, or will you know? Yes, I. It, it's funny you say that. I actually just got my uh, schedule for the next couple of months uh, today as we're talking, and it looks like that I will be back in Lubbock uh, for the game against Oklahoma uh, January 7th. So I think that's their third conference game, right, after TCU and Kansas, maybe their fourth um, in, in any event. No, I think it is their third. I think it'll be their third. Yeah, against OU. Uh, and and I think I'm supposed to go back at some point in February uh, against Kansas State, it looks like. So uh, hopefully more than you that. You didn't get the Texas game back-to-back -back years? No. <laughs> Would have been a fun one. I know. I had So I had that, Blake, I had that game uh, on radio for Compass Media last year. Uh, it was a different crew that had it on ESPN for TV. Uh, but yeah, uh, man, 
that game was just <laughs> insane. Yeah. I mean, that was, sir, I, I told you guys that, yeah, I mean, it was one of the best environments I have ever seen. I mean, regardless of sport, uh, it was that intense. So, uh, yeah, that, and, and I'm sure it will be again. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it is always fun going to Lubbock. Well, great, man. I mean, hopefully, uh, like last year, I, I can uh, swindle some tickets out of my uh, my buddies here at the Nation and see if I can't get up there with you and uh, go go have a good time and enjoy a basketball game. Well, we uh, one of the things that Blake and I always do here is uh, here on the Nation's official podcast with TJ and Blake, and we have our special guest Ted Emmerich on. Uh, joining us here tonight is uh, we plug our Twitter handles, man. So for our audience out there, why don't you go ahead and let them know where they can find you on Twitter and see if we can get you some more followers. <laughs> I am at Ted Emmerich. It's very simple. My name at Ted Emmerich, E-M-R-I-C-H. Uh, I don't really offer anything on Twitter. I'm not a hot take guy. Um, it's really just a bunch of stadium pictures of where I am and funny stuff I find along the way, but, uh, feel free if you want to follow <laughs> and, and your daughter screaming touchdown, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Jane always, always does that. Uh, you know, watching uh, red zone on a Sunday or college football on a Saturday. Yeah. She's getting into it. She's six now and yeah, it's a good time. Hey, man, once again, we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the nation's official podcast with TJ and Blake. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay, bud. You got it, man. Take care. All right. Thank you again. All right, Blake. There he was, the great Ted Emmerich as he goes out. Um, do you have any final thoughts for us? DJ, I think that was a great start to basketball season. Uh, always appreciate Ted. He, he's just such a joy to talk to and, and bring so much knowledge and insight to the programs uh, from, from getting to talk to Mark Adams and Joe McGuire behind the scenes. And um, we just appreciate him as always. And uh, looking forward to, to getting into conference play here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, and reminding everybody that once conference play takes place, we're supposed to be doing the postgame shows uh, just like we did for football. So be on the lookout for that, guys. Uh, at Guns Up Nation, give them a follow. Make sure you have those alerts ready to go. I'm at T-E-E-J-A-Y-K-E-R-N. Blake is at B Hartsfield 10. So make sure you guys help us out. Give us a follow. Interact with us. We're, we're looking forward to it. The show is at The Nation Pod. So, Blake, I'm not going to lie. We, we got rid of Ted here. Um, you texted me some very concerning numbers about this team, and, and I kind of want to address the ugly in the room. Um, the team doesn't have what we would call a resume win up to this point, and so it's really all or nothing here in the Big 12. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of scary. Yeah, TJ, I, I think that they uh are were a little unlucky that Louisville is as bad as they are, that's their one win in, in Maui. Their best win coming out of the conference slate or at non-conference slate is going to either be the Georgetown win that we talked about, or even the Louisiana tech win. Uh, that's a team that could, you know, compete in their conference. Um, but yeah, they're going to have to, to stack wins. Luckily um, every game in the big 12 is, is a quad one quad two type of type of game, depending on where you're playing it to, to stack up wins. Um, there will not be a bad loss on the resume in the big 12. So if they can avoid the pitfalls, 
Um, sometimes that's the key to, to having, if you're going to be a, a quote unquote bubble team. Now I'm not saying that's where the red Raiders are going to end up, but Ted talked about it, right? This is going to take some time um, for them to gel. Once Fardos comes back, he's going to need some time to ramp up as well. So sometimes avoiding the bad loss can get you in at the end of the day when, when you start, when you start scrubbing some of these resumes. And so they're not going to have a bad loss because had they lost this game to nickel state, I would have come unglued TJ. That would have been a, just a total disaster. Um, but yeah, they're, they're going to have to find a way to get some wins. I do think that they're going to figure it out. You're going to see a completely different team come, um, the back half of conference play, the second rotation through, uh, come, you know, late February. Yeah. And we just hope that, uh, the, the little nicks and knacks, right? Like Jalen Tyson missing a, missing a ball game, uh, with an injury Fardaz, you know, does he, have any kind of setback, right? Like, yeah, this this team has got to be healthy. Um, and we're looking forward to it here on the nation's official podcast. TJ, TJ I, think the other, I think the other real key thing real quick before we, we hop off here is they've got to find one more usable piece off the bench, right? You've kind of got once, – once Fardos comes back, you're going to have your seven-man rotation that's going to settle in. So, you know, Harmon, Tyson – Pop Isaac, Lamar Washington, Bacho, O'Banner, Fardoz. One of these other guards has got to step up to make this an eight-man rotation, whether that's Elijah Fisher, whether that's Walton, whether that's Damarian Williams. One of those three guys, TJ, and that's the, that's going to be the difference in making the tournament and not making the tournament, but one of those three guys has got to step up and become a contributing member of this team Otherwise, I think they're going to really struggle with depth. I think the starting five and then your first two, your first big and your first guard off the bench are going to be really competitive. But I don't think you can get through a Big 12 gauntlet with seven players. You're going to have to have an eighth guy step up. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Blake. And I uh, I want to thank you. Uh, I know you're a little bit under the weather, weather tonight, but I didn't want to – I was under the weather last week. I didn't want to cancel on Ted two weeks in a row here. So yeah. I appreciate you, uh, you know, soldiering up here for the show and uh, doing everything that you do for the nation's official podcast. And, uh, Blake, we'll be back next week talking some more Texas Tech sports. How do we always like to end the show? Wreck them. Wreck them. We'll talk to you guys soon.